ready to lighten up, tighten up, shed, and shred with plant-based protein, antioxidant fruits, organic greens, and veggies, plus gut health, for a fraction of the cost you are already spending. This super 30-day program may support you to build muscle, burn fat, reset metabolism, lift brain fog, increase productivity, break addictions, nourish, detoxify, and cleanse. Are you ready to look and feel your best? Replace 60 organic meals for only $11 a day with live, organic, non-GMO superfood nutrition delivered right to your door. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to superfoodswithjen.com. Today is a special day because it's an opportunity for us to celebrate and honor women who have served in the military in some form or fashion. And women veterans, I mean, I get all choked up talking about it, actually, because I could never do that. I mean, there's not in a million years I was somebody who was going to take orders or, you know, physically handle what they ask you to do or ship overseas to far places and, and be in combat. I mean, I can't even fathom what it would have been like. And these women are heroes. I mean, they really are. And they set the stage for all of us to be stronger, better. And so I thought, what better way to celebrate veterans than to focus on the women I know and I've come to love and appreciate and admire and respect for who they are and to share that with you today. So my first guest is Karen Holmes. And I met Karen actually at the 9-11 Memorial Day with Dan Cox. We were with a group of folks in Mount Airy. And it was a small group, but it was a meaningful group. And the group that was there with Karen was the Women's Veterans United Committee. I got to know Karen through that experience. So I thought, what a great opportunity to have her on. I knew I wanted to do something for Veterans Day. And so this was a perfect way to kick it off. So good morning, Karen, and welcome to Success Happens. Good morning, Jen, and thanks for having me on the show. Oh, my gosh. It's so great to have you with us. And what a neat day that was to meet you and in, in um, you know, a time when our country is in such turmoil to be remembering that turmoil at our 20th uh, remembrance of 9-11. And then to meet all of you ladies was just a really special day for me. It's one I will never forget. And so I really enjoy getting to know you. And I want our listeners to get to know you and the work that your core is doing, but also what it's like to be a woman serving in the military. So let's back up. You served (laughs) with the Maryland Defense Force. Tell us about the Maryland Defense Force. The Maryland Defense Force is a state guard. It's under Title 32 of the militia, and uh, we supported the Maryland National Guards. So we do anything that the National Guards don't do, or we augment them as far as, you know, in support of something they need help in, and we will do that as well. Uh, when I was with them, I joined them in 2011, and I was part of the uh, Color Guard unit. In that particular unit, we were actually going to be a little bit more different besides being um, in the Color Guard, and we were going to try to do um, search and rescue for the state of Maryland. 
And so we went through a lot of training to do that. Then, of course, I also was part of the chaplain's uh, unit, which I was a chaplain's assistant. And then and also I did force protection, uh, checking IDs and everything coming into the facilities that, up in Baltimore. So that was really good. And so we did a lot of things as far as that, you know, whatever support that the Maryland National Guards needed, you know, we were there to help them out. And the big thing is, let's say something really majorly happened, then if they got sent overseas or to war, then we would definitely be activated either by the governor or the president and then step in and be able to take uh, any duties that they were doing at the time being. So, Karen, you worked uh, for five years in that role. What was the reason for you joining and what was the reason for you leaving? Because a lot of times we think about it, we say, oh, well, usually people in service are there for quite a while. So could you maybe give us some insight as to why you joined and why you left? Um, how I got started in it, I was part of CERT, which is Community Emergency Response Team, and we were doing a CERT rodeo up in Baltimore. Uh, three of the soldiers from Maryland Defense Force um, had stopped by to see the event. And so since the color guard team that they were you know, in was also going to do search and rescue, um, for the state of Maryland, uh, they saw me and my team. We were actually kicking butt that day um, in the events, and they were telling me about you know the Maryland Defense Force and telling me what their plans were for the color guard team. And I'm like, wow, that's right up my alley for what I'm doing here with CERT. And so that's why I ended up joining. So we went through a lot of training as far as first aid, wilderness, and, and everything else, and on top of doing our color guard duties doing stuff, you know, uh, at parades, veterans parades, personal ceremonies and stuff like that, which was really, really uh, nice. I loved it all. Um, And we were getting asked to come back over and over as far as the um, color guard team to different events throughout the state of Maryland. It was really, really great to keep getting the response to come back and do Greek festivals, uh, being in the parades of that Veterans Day parade uh fourth of july parade it it was just awesome and then like i said also doing the training for search and rescue which we didn't get a chance to do but take people from my team we actually went to haiti to teach the haitians on how to do search and rescue and swift water rescue so we were there for two weeks uh we trained about 50 haitians 25 the first week and 25 the second week which was dynamite because to get there and not understand, and we actually had a translator, and to be able to start out where they were very much distant with us, in the middle of the week they started warming up to us, and then at the end of the week we were getting hugs and kisses because of what they learned as far as doing search and rescue and swift water rescue. The reason why I, I left there was more kind of like a political thing because the Maryland Defense Force, we were saving the state of Maryland we're talking at least a couple of million dollars in regards to doing things that either helped or did things that, you know, the National Guards didn't do. And from what I I had heard, the TAG was trying to increase her budget uh, for the National Guards. And because we were saving the state money, um, was having a little bit of trouble. And I didn't really want to be into a political thing like that. And um, at the time, 
the colonel who was with the United States Veterans Reserve Corps asked me about maybe coming over there because I'd been doing so many great things when I was with Maryland Defense Force. In 2011, which is when I joined, um, in 2012, I ended up getting NCO, which is non-commissioned officer, uh, soldier of the year by the Maryland Defense Force and the Maryland State Guard Association. And then in 2013, I ended up getting soldier of the year um, by the State Guard Association of the United States. So, you know, I was doing really, really good things. We were get, I was getting commendations as far as, you know, with my force protection team. Um, and actually, when I went through IET, which is initial entry training, I ended up getting leadership award there as well. So um, that just kept me motivated and kept going. And so um, I just, it was embedded in me. But I didn't feel like, you know, if we were saving the state money, why should we not be doing events? And it was getting basically cut down from us doing because, like I said, the uh, TAG was trying to save money. Because we're not familiar. What does TAG mean? It could be anybody that oversees the entire National Guard. So you were a color guard? Yes, and also, you know, doing um, the chaplain's assistant, you know, talking to some of the soldiers that may be going through, you know, personal issues and stuff like that. You know, um, it was great to be able to, you know, just be that extra ear for them basically trying to lead and guide them through whatever decision they were trying to to make at the time being. One of the things that we're going to have somebody on a little bit later who provides services to veterans and they work with, with veterans who are dealing with PTSD. So really wonderful that you've done all that amazing work. Let me ask you this. What are you doing now? And how did what you were doing in service have a part in playing in what you're doing now? How did it prepare you? Because I think a lot of times veterans have trouble transitioning mm-hmm. from being in service into civilian life. With the Women's uh, Veterans United Committee Incorporated group, it's been great uh, being with this organization so far. We're doing things as far as baby showers where we're actually putting together baskets for the the mothers and in the baskets we're putting in about probably two hundred dollars worth of of supplies that they can use uh for you know their child and then we're also doing stuff like collecting bras and panties for the women as well the veteran women that need it um some are homeless we're working with them as well and we're just trying to do all kinds of little things to support and empower women that's the most important thing. We're trying to really empower veteran women in doing things for themselves. I am right now uh, the director of the transgender community. I'm trying to get that formed into the support that they need, whether it's financial, shelter, health care, all kinds of little things, just like any other woman who's served in the veterans uh, to do as well. So it's It's been a combination of everything. Well, I certainly appreciate your service. We all do. And thank you so much for being available to be on this call and to share your story. Is there anything else you'd like to say to inspire someone, a young one perhaps, who would be interested in going into uh, serving in some capacity? What would be your advice to them? Um, just go in full head and and have the confidence that you have. I know like when I started with the group being an IET and getting leadership award, I had never even thought about 
that position, getting that award. Because, you know, I feel like the military is a, is a strong head for for men. And I think the advantage of listening to uh, female soldiers is really tough. But I have to say that it hasn't been that case for me when I joined. I remember even when I got the accommodation award for an accident that me and my team had stopped and helped. We were off duty at the time. And as soon as I stopped, you know, I'm like, hey. I need you to do this. I need you to do that and so on. And we did it. And our team ended up getting, you know, accommodation award. I think it's that leadership. If you can go out there and prove it, you're going to be successful. So don't let the male dominant uh, field in the military discourage you. Just go in there and, and be very positive and, and just think that, yes, I can do it. You know, that's awesome. I really enjoyed that group of gals, and I know you guys are making a difference for women who have yep. dealt with so much as a result of being in service. So God bless you and your work. God bless you, too, and have a great day. You've been listening to Success Happens with my guest, Karen Holmes. We're going to take a quick break. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Also, I'd like to thank Flamingo Pool Supply. We'll be right back. 